Welcome to the Breadcom Kazan City Podcast. On today's podcast, we'll be hearing about why prayer was important to Jesus and why it should be important to us as well. If you have your Bibles with you, may I invite you to open it to Luke chapter 5, verse 12 to 16. This story is also found in Matthew 8 and Mark chapter 1, verse 40 to 45. So this must be an important story to be repeated in all three Gospels. So let me read from the Gospel of Luke. Verse 12, while he was one, while he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he ordered him to tell no one. Jesus said, But go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, just as Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Verse 15 and 16. But the news about him was spreading even farther, and large crowds were gathering to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus himself would often sleep away in the wilderness and pray. Prayer may seem very simple for us, but it is the most important discipline in Christian life. And today I will begin a series on prayer, and this series will last up to the end of March. And then in the first week of April, during the uh, week, the Holy Week, our church will do prayer and fasting. So many churches now are doing prayer fasting. They are ending today. But we will do it after three months of studying about prayer. So today our first lesson is the importance of prayer to Jesus. Let's look at the setting of the story. There was a man who was covered with leprosy. Sa Tagalog ito, ketongin. And the word leper is mentioned 55 times in the Old Testament and 16 times in the New Testament. So there are many people in the Bible who were lepers. And the more popular ones were Naaman, who was the captain of the Aramean army, the four lepers of 2 Kings chapter 7, King Azariah, or in another account, his name was King Uzziah. 
He was a very successful, powerful king. But he got leprosy and died a leper. And then in the gospel, we have Simon of Bethany, where Jesus went to have dinner. And then, of course, the ten lepers of Luke chapter 17. Now, for the younger people, how do lepers look like? How many of you have seen a leper? Uh, about four. You know why you don't see them? Because many of them get isolated. You know, we have a place in uh, Tala. It's called the Tala Leprosorium. So if you have leprosy, you will be brought in that place. So this is a sample of a man who has uh, leprosy. You know, in today's term, since the 1800s, uh, some people call leprosy Hansen disease. But contrary to what many of us believe, leprosy is not a skin problem. It is more a nerve problem that affects the skin. And it gets worse when a person has no more feeling at the end of his nerves. So one gross story I read about a leper is, uh, you know, his fingers are being eaten by rats and he did not know about it because there is no more feeling. You can cut off any part of the body and it will be okay because the nerve is already numbed. So physically, the tissues and skin of the person thicken and degenerate, the skin, the fingers, the face, and the limbs get deformed. Socially, the lepers get alienated. They are shunned by, even by their relatives. In the movie, Ben-Hur, the mother and sister of Ben-Hur uh, were sent out of the city and they were living in caves for lepers. Religiously, lepers are considered unclean. And worse, at the back of the mind of people during the ancient times, leprosy is a punishment, is a curse from God. Can you imagine? You are suffering physically, you are suffering socially, and even religiously, you are condemned by people. But look at the story. When this man saw Jesus, he fell on his face. And he implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. You know, I'm amazed that in the Bible there are long prayers. And we don't know whether they are answered. But the short prayers, they are answered. <laughs> This is a sample of a one-liner prayer. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. As I said, this story was mentioned in two other Gospels. In the Gospel of Matthew, the translation was, This man came to Jesus 
and bow down before him. So when he was bowing down, it was not just bowing down because of shame or anything else. The word used here is the word for worship. When he bowed down Jesus, there is a sense not only of need, but there is also a sense of reverence, a sense of recognizing that I am in the presence of somebody who is more than what people think he is. And then in Mark chapter 1, verse 14, the gospel writer said, the man was beseeching him. And uh, the word beseeching means begging the Lord. And that begging implies an appeal, a pleading, so that the Lord will give him legal help or legal protection. You know, when you are a leper, nobody pays attention to you. And when you are walking on the streets and you will see people uh, coming near to you, you have to shout. You have to say, unclean, unclean, so that they will not come near you. Because the moment they come near you, the concept in ancient time is they will be infected by uncleanness, by the... Uh, infection. So this guy was begging for mercy, begging for help, because nobody could help him. Nowadays, what is the counterpart of leprosy? Who are the people that we will shy away from, that we don't want to get in touch with? Those who have tuberculosis, those who have AIDS, who else? Yung iba naman, pagkilalang mangungutang, hindi rin lalapitan, kasi baka mautangan ka. <laughs> so this man was appealing to Jesus because he was believing that Jesus can make him clean. The only question was, was Jesus willing? He knew in his mind and heart, Jesus is able. But will he pay attention to me? Will he help me? So in verse 13 of our story, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. And said, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately, the leprosy left him. You know, for some of us, this verse does not mean so much. But to Jewish people, it meant a lot. In the case of the ten lepers, Jesus did not touch them. Jesus just told them, go and show yourself to the priest. And while they were going, they were cleansed. Meaning Jesus need not touch people. His word was so powerful that when he issued a word, people get healed. But in this case, he did something else. He touched him. So what's the implication? 
if somebody has uh, her monthly period and you belong to her family, you don't sit where she sits. You know why? Because if you sit where she sat, you will be unclean. Because uncleanness affects other people. So here, when Jesus touched the unclean leper, he was also being affected by that uncleanness. And this is why some rabbis in his time were raising their eyebrows against Jesus. Why would this rabbi do this? Why will he heal on Sabbath? And worse, why will he, you know, make himself unclean? In Mark chapter 1, verse 41, I love that phrase. Because Jesus touched him because he was moved by compassion. The Greek word is hard to pronounce. Isplank mitsomai. Isplankna means intestines. So compassion is the moving, the boiling of the intestine. So when Jesus was seeing the leper, something was upset inside. And because something was upset inside, Jesus was moved by that upset and touched the leper. Tayo, iiwas tayo eh. Kasi baka ka mahawa. Pero si Jesus, hindi siya umiwas. Hinipo niya. Can you imagine the feeling of the leper for the first time somebody touched him? Somebody engaged in his life? And he was engaged in his life, not by accident, but by intention, by compassion. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, Paul wrote, God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be seen on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You know, Jesus took upon himself our uncleanness, our unrighteousness, and he gave to us his righteousness. So that exchange took place because of Jesus. So the point I like to drive out in this story is Jesus paid attention to the man's prayer. You know, in many of the people in his time, they will not pay attention to him. But here was a rabbi who did not only listen to him, he touched him. The beauty of knowing your Bible is when you are reading stories like this, you can relate it with other stories. So when I was reading Luke chapter 5.13, I remember that story in Isaiah chapter 6. In verse 1, King Uzziah was dying. And the king 
was dying a leper. So he was outside his house. And then outside the gate of the city, an army was invading Jerusalem. If you were Isaiah and you admire Uzziah, but he was dying and the nation was being invaded, what would you do? How would you feel? So Isaiah went inside the temple. And when he went inside the temple, he wrote, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne. The earthly king is dying, but the heavenly king is sovereign, in control, sitting on his throne, lofty and high and exalted. And then while he was looking, the seraphim spoke and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. And when Isaiah saw and heard those realities, Isaiah thought he would die. So he said in verse 6, Woe unto me, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people of unclean lips, for I have seen the Lord. So at that state of helplessness, at that state of shame, at that state that Isaiah was about to die, a seraphim flew with a burning tongue in his hand taken from the altar. And you know what the voice said? This has touched your lips, Isaiah, and your iniquity is taken away. So that experience of Isaiah in a vision was the experience of this leper in reality. There he was touched by a seraphim with a tongue from the altar. But here, it was the very hand of Jesus that touched him. You know, when people have problems nowadays, the immediate solution to their problem is money, money, and honey. No? God is always out of the picture. Oh, I pray that when we encounter problem, whatever it is, like the leper, we will say, Lord, if you are willing, you can bring me out of this predicament. You can change me. Jesus pays attention to our prayer. And that's the picture of the Lord in the Bible. In Old Testament, in 2 Kings 13, 23, but the Lord was gracious to them and had compassion on them and turned to them because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and would not destroy them or cast them from his presence. You know, even if God's people fell into sin, this God who should have punished them, this God who should destroy them, did not do so. Why? Because he was gracious and he was compassionate. In Psalm 103, verse 13 to 14, this was our Bible study last night. 
just as a father has a compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are weak. He is mindful that we are but dust. Meaning, why will God, whom I offended, answer me? Why will God, who is holy, help me, a sinner? Well, the answer is because he knew our weaknesses. He knew our limitations. And because of his compassion, he will extend grace, mercy, forgiveness. In Matthew chapter 20, we read another story. And I read it uh, later last year in Breadcom. Two blind men were sitting by the road. And they were hearing that somebody named Jesus was passing by. And they cried out and said, Lord, have mercy, son of David. Sabi ng mga tao, tumigil ka. But they cried all the more. Jesus stopped and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? Sa ibang tao, maingay sila. Pero kay Jesus, anong gusto niyong gawin ko sa inyo? Sabi nila, Panginoon, gusto naming mabalik ang aming mga paningin. Look at verse 34. Move with compassion. Move with compassion. Jesus touched their infirmity. So maganda siguro, hindi siguro maganda pag tayo may problema, ganun din ang prayer natin, Lord. Hipuin mo naman ang paningin ko. Hipuin mo naman ang puso ko, ang damdamin ko. Kasi duguan ako, Panginoon. At ang Panginoon, dahil siya ay compassionate God, He will listen, pay attention to our prayers. Sabi ni James, Anong pinanggagalingan ng mga away sa inyo? Hindi ba ang inyong mga pleasure? Nagnanasa kayo, hindi nyo natatanggap. So pumapatay kayo, naiinggit kayo at hindi nyo nakukuha. So naglalaban-laban kayo. Wala kayo kasi hindi kayo humihingi. Hindi kayo nagpe-pray. Ngayon, minsan nagpe-pray kayo pero hindi nyo tinatanggap kasi mali ang motibo nyo para sa inyong sariling pleasure. Verse 8, lumapit kayo sa Diyos at ang Diyos lalapit sa inyo. Kasi yung, yun ang nature ng Diyos eh. Kung may nananalangin, lalapit siya doon sa nananalangin. So yung leper, yung blind men, lumapit sila kay Jesus. Tumawag sila sa kanyang pangalan. At si Jesus, nabagbag ang kanyang kalooban, hinipo sila at pinagaling sila. Of course, sa mga panahong ito, Ginagamit ng Panginoon ang mga doktor. The Lord uses medical practitioners. Pero bakit hindi rin natin subukan na hingin ang Panginoon na magpagaling sa atin? 
Kasi minsan, lalapit tayo sa Panginoon pag hindi na kaya ng mga doktor. Si Lord ang last recourse. Bakit hindi natin gawin first recourse? Si God. Makakatipig ka pa. Sa lumang tipan, ang Panginoon ay namumove ng panalangin. Sa panahon ni Haring David, there was a huge plague killing the Israelites. So David built an altar to the Lord, offered burnt offerings and peace offering. Look at the next statement. Thus the Lord was was ano daw? moved by by prayer for the land. And the plague was held back from Israel. There are problems which are not for us to solve. Ngayong hapon, nagre-revolusyon ang Mount ang Taal Volcano sa Talisay. Sa North South Wales sa Australia, ilang linggo na yung kanilang bushfire. Baka naman pwedeng manalangin tayo. At ang sabi dyan, the Lord was moved by prayer. Kasi minsan, dinadaanan na lang natin eh. Pag nakabasa tayo ng ganyan, bakit hindi natin subukin na manalangin kapag may mga bagay na beyond our abilities to handle. Sa halip na magpakamatay, pagka-depress, sa halip na mangutang, kapag walang pera, bakit hindi lumapit sa Panginoon? Kasi pag namubang Panginoon, bubuksan niya ang mga pintuan ng langit eh. Bubuksan niya ang mga opportunities and pour out blessings that are beyond us to measure. In 2 Chronicles chapter 3, Manasseh, the worst king of the southern kingdom, the worst king of the northern kingdom was King Ahab. Pero sa south, ito ang pinaka walang hiyang hari. Hindi lang siya ungodly, He shed blood, so much blood in Jerusalem. So ang resulta, eh na exile siya. Nadala siya sa Babylon. Look at verse 12. When this ungodly king was in distress, he entreated the Lord his God and humbled himself. Before the God of his father, look at verse 13. When he prayed to him, God was moved by his entreaty, heard his supplication, and what happened? He was brought back again to Jerusalem and served as king. And this time, he changed. He changed. He became a godly king. So yung mga disappointed sa atin dito, kasi mapagmura yung ating presidente, 
kaysa tayo'y magmura din, bakit hindi tayo manalangin? Manalangin tayo na yung puso niya at yung uso niya ay bigyan biyaya ng Panginoon. Para naman pag nagsalita siya sa TV, hindi tayo ninenerbyos kung ano yung sasabihin niya. Because the God of the Bible is moved by prayer. And this invitation to pray can be applied in a much larger scale. I think this verse or passage was used mightily in 1980... When was that? 1986. Sabi dito, If I shut up the heaven so that there is no rain, if I, God, command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people and my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Eh, pero pastor, paano kung talagang hindi anak ng Diyos. Alam nyo, kahit na, naalala nyo yung Ninive? Yung Ninive? Hindi naman sila mga anak ng Diyos. Mga pag- pagan sila. Ayaw nga silang puntahan ni Jonah eh. But when Jonah preached that one-line sermon, hashtag, in 40 days, Ninive will be destroyed. Sana gano'n lang ang sermon ni Pastor Nomer. Sunline lang, ano? In 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. You know, the people of Nineveh, including their king, repented. They threw ashes on their head. They fasted. And they turned from their wicked ways. And Nineveh was spared by God. So prayer is not just a ritual. No, prayer, as far as God is concerned, is the key to move an angry God to forgive and to turn around our circumstances. Second highlight in Luke chapter 5, verse 12 to 16, the first one, Jesus pays attention to our prayer. But the second is what I am impressed. Jesus prioritizes prayer. You know, it's one thing for a preacher or a teacher to teach about a discipline. No, read your Bible, pray. And it's another thing to see him actually do it, actually model it. So look at Jesus, because of what happened, the teaching and the miracles Jesus Christ was performing, verse 15, the news about him was spreading farther and farther, and large crowds were gathering to hear him, to be healed of their sicknesses. If you were Jesus and this thing was happening to you, what will you do? 
well maybe you will have a daily healing crusade maybe if your plan is to only have one week crusade in metro manila you will make it two or three weeks but not jesus not jesus look at what he did in verse 16 but jesus would often sleep away to the wilderness where no one is and there he will he will pray you know many times in our case it is the reverse we are so busy with our chores that we even don't have time to pray and we said mamaya na lang sa gabi na lang tapos na nagpray ka sa gabi pagpikit ng mata mo natapos yung prayer umaga na nagising ka you know my dear friends if you will just survey your bible you will find that godly men prioritize god in prayer look at genesis 19:27 now Abraham rose up early in the morning. Bakit? Maghahanda siya ng baon? He went to the place where he had stood before the, before the Lord. Busy rin naman si Abraham eh. Napakarami niyang tupa. No? Pero uunahin niya ang Panginoon. Si Moses Gigising siya ng maagang-maaga. Gagawa siya ng altar at the foot of the mountain. At doon mananalangin siya sa Panginoon. Si Joshua, he rose early in the morning and the priest took up the ark of the Lord kasi kailangang mauna ang ark ng Panginoon sa kanilang mga lakarin. Umaapaw ang ilog ng Hordan. Wala naman silang bangka. Pero dahil una ang Panginoon, yung Ark of the Lord, when the feet of the priest stepped on the waters, the waters of the Jordan parted ways. Si Hana at yung kanyang pamilya, yung asawa niya, si Elkana, they rose early in the morning. Anong gagawin nila? They worship before the Lord. Kasi tayo, Marami tayong excuses. Sasabihin natin, hindi, I'm not a morning person eh. Kung gumising ako, alas gis o alas onse. So, evening person ako. So, sa gabi na lang ako makikipag-usap kay God. Eh, kung kuhanin kaya kaya ni God ng umaga, edi hindi ka handa. Huwag tayong magbigay ng mga ganong criteria na ako morning person. Ako, ang issue kasi dito, priority eh. Hindi yung personality mo, kung hindi yung priority mo. Oh, kahit gumising ka ng alas gis, kasi natulog ka ng alas 4 eh. No? Kalalaro doon sa ano, social media. Hindi unahin mo pa rin si God ang alas gis ng umaga. Pwede naman yun. Look at the psalmist in Psalm 5 verse 3. I love this. 
In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my, my voice. Alam niyo, nag-i-imagine ako eh, yung kausap ni, ni God yung mga anghel. Pero sasabihin ni God, O, teka muna kayo ha, mananalangin si Ami, gusto kong makinig sa kanya. Of course, kaya naman ni God makinig simultaneously. Pero God wants to pay attention to His people who will speak to Him in the morning. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you and, and eagerly watch. May time ang psalmist, hindi lamang para magsalita sa Diyos, may time siya para makinig at maghintay kung anong gagawin ng Diyos. Kasi ang prayer, dialogue eh. Eh, minsan ang prayer natin, unilateral lang. We speak to the Lord, tapos hindi naman tayo nakikinig kay God eh. Pero sabi nung psalmist, In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you. And I will eagerly watch. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Psalm 90.14 O satisfy us in the morning with your loving kindness. Verse 6 of Psalm 130, My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman waits for the morning. Indeed, more than the watchman for the morning. So this longing, this passion to engage God first hour in the morning is what we mean by priority. You know, if you have several appointments on a day, I'm sure you will prioritize them. You know, now it's January, first month of the year. I'm sure you will put items in your calendar, meetings. Naalala ko nung si Doktore, eh. sabi niya sa akin, pwede ba ilagay mo naman ako sa calendar mo? <laughs> Kasi napupuno yung kalendaryo ko eh. Pero wala yung pangalan niya. Hindi naman dahil importante siya, nakareserve na yun sa puso't isip ko eh. Pero alam nyo, kailangan na rin na ilagay ko. Bakit? Kasi pag kami ang mag-iimbita sa'yo, sabihin, Pastor, pwede ka ba ng ganong araw? Alam nyo, masarap sabihin na, naku, hindi na pwede, may appointment na ako eh. Patingin nga! Bisa, may mga ganun eh. Patingin nga! Grabe naman, mag-iimbita lang, iniimbestiga ka pa. Hindi e papakita ko, oh, may pangalan ni Doktora yung araw at oras na yon. Tapos sasabihin na, Pastor, si Doktora lang naman yan, baka naman pwede. Ay, nagagalit ako. Ano si Doktora lang? You know, when someone is important in your life, you put him on your calendar. In the case of the psalmist, God is in their prime time in the morning. I have not noticed that these people until until last Monday when I was reading 1 Chronicles 9.24. Kasi I always read in the temple the high priest, the priest, the singers. But look at these gatekeepers. What's their responsibility? Verse 25, their relatives in their business were to come how often? every seven days from time to time to be with them. 
for the four chief gatekeepers who were Levites were in an office of trust. And they were over the chambers and over the treasuries in the house of God. They spent the night around the house of God because the watch was committed to them. And ano daw? they were in charge of opening the house of God morning by morning. So, for us, they may be nobodies. They don't even have names. But as far as God is concerned, these were the people who will go around the house of God in the evening and they will be the one to open the house of God every morning. Oh, I pray we will be heaven's gatekeepers. That we will pray for our leaders, we will pray for our church members every morning. And those whom you neglected, you pray the next day. And those whom you neglected, you pray the third day. How did Jesus prioritize the Father? How did Jesus prioritize prayer? In Mark chapter 1, 35, in the early morning, yung iba ang early morning nila, 11 o'clock eh. Pero dito, they describe yung early morning while it was still dark. Jesus got up left the house and went to a secluded place and was praying there. He will leave his disciples. He will leave the people. Pastor, wala naman nakalagay na he will leave the people. Ha. O di tingnan natin sa Matthew 14, 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat to go ahead of him to the other side. While he while he, my dear brethren, can you send people away? And when people ask you, why? Why are you sending us away? Maaga pa naman. Sagot mo, kasi magpe-pray ako eh. Wow. Religious. Wow. Holier than thou person. No, 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 no. We are just prioritizing God. So Jesus will go to a wilderness. Jesus will go to a secluded place. After he sent the crowds away, he went up to the mountain. For what purpose? To take vacation? To wait for the thousand sunrise? No, to pray. And look at the qualifier. When it was evening, he was there alone. You know, nowadays, people are scared to be alone. They are having panic attacks when they are alone. But God's people, we want to be alone so that God has a space in our minds, in our lives. Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still. Relax. Let go. And you will know 
who God is. The reason why we do not know God anymore is we have so many voices, so many distractions around us. You know, I pray that on the first week of April, some of you, your fasting will not be in food. I pray that your fasting will be in social media. So that you will have time to be alone with God and for God. And when Jesus had very important decisions to make, look at chapter 6, verse 12 of Luke. It came to pass in those days that he went into the mountain to pray and continue all night in prayer to God. Why? What would he do the next morning? He will choose the 12 apostles. You know, how many of you, when you were choosing a life partner, spend the whole night in prayer? Kaya minsan, sumasablay ang relationship natin kasi hindi malang natin pinag-pray. So those of you who are still single, pwede ba? Bago kayo mag-commit, eh minsan nga, hindi pa nililigawan, na-commit na eh. Bago kayo mag-commit, panalangin nyo muna. You know, I cannot forget the night before we got married ni Doktora. I cannot forget. I was with my best man in Pioneer Street. In Pioneer Street. Sabi ng best man ko, Nomer, past 12 na. Kasi nandun kami sa tapat ng bahay niya. Past 12 na. Pasok na tayo. Sabi ko sa kanya, wag muna. Baka may ipapadala pa si God na iba eh. Padala niya na ngayon. Kasi bukas, pag nag-commit ako kay doktora, yun na yun. No? So it was while conversing with my best man, I was praying, Lord, am I making the right decision? I was 22 that time. 22. And I didn't want to make a mistake. Can you imagine some people are already married 20 years and they are still asking the question, is this the best person for me? Is this the person God gave me? How dare you? So prayer is very critical, especially when we are making decisions. And prayer should be the priority of pastors and leaders of churches. You know, when the Israelites recognized they made a mistake in choosing a human king versus God as king, they said to Samuel, Samuel, we have sinned. And Samuel told them, Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, but I will instruct you in the good and right way. That's the ministry of leaders, to pray for the members and to instruct them. If you look at Acts chapter 6, there was a problem in the growing church. Some widows are being neglected. 
And look at what the apostles did in verse 3. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. But we, the apostles, we will devote ourselves in prayer and to the ministry of the word. How sad it is if there are pastors who are not prayerful and if there are pastors who are not preparing their sermons. And they are resorting to canned sermons. They go to the internet and to sermon books on Saturday evening. Okay lang kumain siguro ng delata isang beses, isang buwan. Pero kung araw-araw ka nang kumakain ng delata, siguro makakasakit ka na. Ganun din sa salita ng Diyos eh. Ang salita ng Diyos ay parang tinapay o pagkain para sa araw-araw. Pero kung may mga pasto, wala nang time mag-prepare, huhugot na lang. Dekahuna, may introduction na, may illustration na, may application na. Oh, I pray that breadcom will be spared from that spiritual meal. So prayer is one of the two priorities of leader. Priority number one is to pray. Priority number two is to really prepare the word of God for sharing. So what are the blessings of prioritizing the Lord? And I pray you will experience this. The Lord God has given me the tongue of disciples that I may know how to sustain the weary one with the word. Look at the next statement. He awakens me morning by morning. Totoo, mahirap gumising, lalo pag puyat ka. Pero pati yun, sigad ang mag-aayos, sigad ang gigising sa'yo. He awakens my ear to listen as the disciple. The Lord God opened my, my ear. You know, it's a joy when God is giving you the privilege to do ministry, not by your own strength, but by His. You know, this weekend, it was very busy for me. We had a long day, strategic planning yesterday. I had a Bible study Saturday night. And then I have sermon today. I have lecture online tomorrow. And I should be panicking. Pero si God na nagbibigay eh. Si God na nagbibigay. The Lord God opened my ear and I was not disobedient. Sabi ni Jesus, do not worry what we will eat, what we will drink, what we will wear. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But your role is seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things we worry about will be added to us. So instead of worrying 
why not start praying? In Philippians 4 verse 6, Paul wrote, Do not be worried about anything, but by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God along with thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which surpasses human understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. What happens if you do not prioritize the Lord in prayer? And uh, you have heard this from me in the past. This is a hymn entitled, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. It says, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Meron ba tayong mga pagsubok? Meron ba tayong mga tukso? Meron bang gulo somewhere sa buhay natin? Hindi tayo dapat matalo. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrow share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. So let me conclude our lesson. Why is prayer important to Jesus? One, He pays attention to our prayers. Siguro yung iba sa atin, Jesus had been waiting for us for so long already. Number two, Jesus himself prioritized prayer. And let me give you an encouragement. You know, we know the story about Jesus being baptized in Matthew and in Mark. But in the Gospel of Luke, something was inserted which is not found in Matthew and Mark. Look at Luke chapter 3.21. Now when all people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. Now look at what happened. And, pagkatapos mabaptize si Jesus, siya'y nananalangin. And what was the result? Heaven was open. So in casual reading of Matthew and Mark, kala natin, nagbukas ang kalangitan dahil binaptize lang si Jesus. Hindi. Nagbukas ang kalangitan kasi may nagbukas. At paano niya binuksan ang kalangitan? Sa pamamagitan ng pananalangin. And after heaven was opened, the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in bodily form like a dove. And what happened next? A voice came out of heaven. So while Jesus was praying, after some time, he heard that voice. And the voice said, You are. You are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. Oh, I pray that when we are praying, heaven will be open. The Holy Spirit will descend upon us in power. And your spirit will have that affirmation from God's spirit that you have pleased God. 
for listening to the Brett Comcast on City podcast. If you have any prayer concerns, feel free to send us a message at facebook.com slash City. And join our worship service every Sunday, 4 p.m., at the 3rd floor, West Avenue Suites, West Avenue, Kazan City. Our theme music is provided for free by bandsound.com.